we're back. We're here. <laughs> well, nearly. Oh, there's, there's another one missing this week now. No, I know. I know. We're getting back into swimming slowly. All right. Um, apologies for the last couple of weeks, but we've had a bit of a nightmare in terms of holidays. I've been um, working towards my chartership review uh, as a civil engineer, which I had today. So I'm very excited that that's over. And it's all just been a little bit manic. So we're going to get back into the yeah, swing been. of things. But it's all done now. So no worries. Move. Yeah. It's all gravy. No it's all gravy. Pet. Good evening, everybody joining us. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Paddy. Tony. Hello, hello, uh, hello. Hopefully we weren't late. We actually tried to start a little bit earlier tonight to uh, give you yeah. guys a bit of a shock. Um, yep. Hi, Blackbeard, Pegasus, Will, Holler, uh, James McNary, Daz, Matthew McCarthy, uh, Philip Dunn, Rocky Mark, Terry G, Rage. Good evening, good evening. Ed, what a ridiculous topic you have tonight. I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, that's the plan. Definitely, be talking... definitely reach the bottom of the barrel now. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be talking about how to get uh, uh, kills, and I have to use the quotation marks for kills uh, just so that YouTube doesn't shut us down. Um, in terms of airsoft, without using an airsoft rift, uh, mm -hmm. rift even, which should be really interesting. So, a rift. Um, how are you, Lance? Where have you been for the last couple of weeks? I have been in lovely sunny Cyprus on a family holiday, which was well, well overdue, and I bloody loved it. So apologies for not being here, but bollocks, um, I was in Cyprus having a cracking time. So yeah, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was wicked. Nice. So yeah, a nice well-earned break. And I went out on a pirate ship as well. You'd have loved it. I went out on the Black Pearl <laughs> for a day. Amazing. Swashbuckling adventures around the Isle of Cyprus. Yes, it was very good fun. And I got did to you, jump did off you the do big the, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow run. The... No, but there was a very good Jack Sparrow on board, and then oh. he came over to try and like talk to about, spoke to our table, and I just looked up to him and went, "My peanut," <laughs> <laughs> and he, he lost it. He was like, "I was going to say that," <laughs> and then my mate Dan turned around and went, "Jar of dirt." He was like, "Oh fucking hell!" and walked off. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was really good. We had, we had a good time. It was brilliant. Yeah, lots of fun. Very lots cool. of tri stars, mate. You'd have been in your element. Should have got yeah. married out there. You should have got married. Should have had your wedding out there on the Black Pearl. That would be pretty cool. That'd mm -hmm. be pretty cool. There is yes. um there is an opportunity. So um, with the, the chartership that I've been doing is uh, with civil engineers, and the head of the institution is based at One Great George Street in London. Hang on, mate. Hang on, mate. Very... Hang on, mate. I've had the wrong earpiece in for the start of the show. There we go. Now it's not falling out because it's got the rubber um, bit on the end. One, One Great George <laughs> Street is like the uh, the home of the institution, and it's uh, this rather nice old building. Um, and I was debating wearing my wedding jacket with if I if if I pass um, to receive my chartership because it's the 19th century Napoleonic naval tunic. Um, I think it would look cool. I think it would be quite cool to stand, you know, proudly on the steps, all the posh paintings and that around me. Absolutely. Um, and then I'll probably immediately lose my chartership. <laughs> You're taking a mickey. Having that yeah, yeah, yes, uh, you're clearly taking the piss. This is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phil says you must have kept up with the sunscreen, you pasty Englishman. No, I think it's the light in here. If I'm honest, you should see my ass, <laughs> Phil. It's very, very white. <laughs> we'll put that Almost like raw turkey. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, good stuff. Right, should we um, should we roll into some news? Let's roll into some news. This would be a test for me, wouldn't it? <laughs> news. Hey, he's there. 
still got it. Still got it. Never so lost. Main... Never had it, really. Ah, it's all good. It's all gravy. <laughs> the um, main bit of news this week um, I wanted to share, and it's something that we probably should have mentioned a little while ago, to be fair. This is a little bit of a slap on the hand for us, but the UCAL uh, podcast has now started. So yes, absolutely. So if you are interested in going and heading over to their channel, they've got some interesting stuff that they're chatting about, various sites and bits and pieces. Go and give them a support and a like and a follow and all of that lovely stuff. Um, but yeah, it's some good, good content coming out of them, so excited to see more. And they've also signed up to the AI magazine. AI? Airsoft International magazine. Mm-hmm. So I believe they now have a column in there as well. So it's very That's exciting stuff coming out of them. So well done. Tennis oh. clap for the UK girls. Uh, we don't have a clap. We've only got fanfare. I'll add a clap. <laughs> there you go. Marvellous. Credit so, where credit is go, due. Well done, girls. Go give them a, uh, a little follow. Uh, anything from yourself? Uh, News-wise, no. Only my little... Um, I don't know. We haven't really thought of a segment um, for that yet. Are we going to do that as a news, or are we going to do that as the after bit of news? If you, you Do you know what I'm on about? I'll be honest with you, I haven't in any way read a lot of WhatsApp messages. I have two okay. messages on my phone. <laughs> right. Uh, so I did, in our main chat, I did put some Pikachu's and I did want to give a shout out to a certain person. Uh, basically, uh, let me just find my uh, Facebook messenger. Bear with, bear with, bear with. Uh, so I was on the UK, is it a UK Airsoft 2.0 community? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Right. Okay. So I was on there. And- I spotted, um, I don't know if Mike can bring the pictures up, uh, is a cool dude called Elliot Warden. And what he'd done, right, is, like, everyone probably knows, I'm not a great fan of HPA, um, Ghostbustering. But, um, so this guy's got this HPA tank pouch, uh, which I think is mollied onto his uh, his ghillie vest. And what he's done is he's actually crafted it into like sort of like a log-shaped tree-type thing. So he's actually completely covered all the multicam up. Um and hot glue, sort of like bark on there, some some leaf litter and things like that. And it sort of caught my eye. And I was like, actually looked at all the pictures, and I was like, that's genuinely impressive. Like to be fair, that's taken. That, he's put some effort into that. I mean, I think he's the inside of it. He's lined it with a really thick foam, which comes from one of his gum box delivery crate thingies. And um, and it holds the tank nice and central, so you can see the foam in there. So it doesn't actually sort of like distort dis, distort the shape of the the pack. So I'm guessing, obviously, the glue could potentially crack or anything like that if it was just a bat- bottle in there rattling about. So he's actually packed it out so it's just the bottle sits in there. But I just thought a bit of a shout-out to him. That's genuinely really impressive for someone who I wouldn't have the foggiest of how he's done that. But, yeah, I just wanted to give him a shout-out. That is cool. Because that's, um, yeah, fair play, credit where credit is due. Like I said, I'm not a HBA fan, but to adapt something like that, that's just, yeah, wicked. So I thought I'd give a... Whilst I was <laughs> trawling through the... through the forest on his what own. What is that? Devilry. <laughs> it's a witch. It's a witch. It's a fucking witch at the side. I really, so, I really hope. I mean, I, I'm guessing this is silly, but um, I really hope that he has created a full outfit of this, and that he just. Well, everyone started saying about Groot. Going, I am Groot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was actually going to see if he might change that and, and do maybe like a slight festive one and change that. Uh, I think that's an oak or a maple leaf type thing Make for, it like uh, a Yule log. <laughs> for no, for a bit of holly. No, a bit of holly with some red cherries on it, and perhaps a little robin sitting on the top. That would be nice yeah. if he could do a, yeah. do a festive version. That would be, would, would, I think, very impressed. Might even send him a pack for that. <laughs> see what he comes up with. Um, yeah, very nice. That's but cool. yeah, no. So, so Elliot is it Elliot Warden? Morden? Warden? Sorry, do apologise. Hang on, Elliot Warden. Uh, yeah, fair play, mate. Good on you. We like that. We like that a lot. That's our first shout out of things we found in the. Um, in the air softer sphere, isn't it? 
I don't think yeah. we've done that before, or have we? Well, actually, funnily enough, I've got something else uh, along the lines of the topic that we're talking about tonight. So, uh, a, a, a dear friend of the show, Harry, uh, Harry Badger, has sent me Hello, Harry. Um, something, and he, he saw the title of the show and he thought, oh, you know what, this is perfect. Apparently, he's working on a police loadout um, for an upcoming event, uh, law enforcement and SWAT loadouts, and he's been making tasers. So this is the uh, sort of... Uh, and that's of not illegal. X26. <laughs> no, it's the model of. It's the model of a taser. Um, <laughs> apparently, the, the, the rationale for using this is to shout taser, taser, taser instead of sort of like bang, uh, instead of the bang rule. But it's quite a, quite a cool idea. I can see that being used for... Is that, is, is that, te- is that Harry's made that? Harry's made it's that. It's genuinely yeah. impressive, isn't it? It's very, yeah. very good. I want one. I mean, it doesn't. It does. He never surprises me anymore. If he comes up, he can literally come up. I've just built a Death Star. He's like, yeah, okay, Harry. Well, that's what I expect from you now. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Don't believe me. I'll be around in fifteen minutes. <laughs> no, no, I believe him. That's not. It's not that I don't believe him. It's the fact that he can't. He can't shock me anymore. So, um, thank you for sharing that. Nicely done. I'm slightly envious of your ability to make stuff. I'm not going to lie. I know. You know I know. Um, I'm, I'd genuinely be shit at that. Really bad. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Elliot's yeah. actually in the chat. He said, uh, ah, top man. Took out for a walk around the local forest and came back with an idea and a bag full of bark and thought, fuck it. That's perfect. That's exactly Absolutely how brilliant, be mate. Yeah, we love that. But I would like to see yeah. a festive one, not going to lie. <laughs> I, I want I want seasonal logs from you, mate, going through 2024. <laughs> a little dusting of, of snow across the side. Snow, sun. yeah. I want some Halloween <laughs> stuff, you know. But little buds yeah. going into spring, yeah, perfect. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see um, the rest, like the full ensemble of mm. the. I mean, I'm assuming he's wearing some sort of you know crafted suit or something like that. No, just just a police loadout. Just <laughs> just a police loadout with a log attached. Completely black police loadout with a log bag on. That's me. <laughs> um, so yeah, Elliot, if you've got any uh, pictures of like the full full get up at some point, that would be cool to see. Um, yeah, absolutely. Ed, by the way, uh, Silly Gilly has said that's mental. I assume in a good way. So I can only assume in a good way. High praise, high praise from there. Absolutely. Uh, and Marky Mark, there, it does look amazing for a play to you, sir. The log has a gauge, says Phil. Absolutely has a gauge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, uh, oh, here we go. Elliot said, I'll add a bit of fake snow and a robin and I'll send it through. Still customising the suit, but taking far too long. I'll send it through 100%. Definitely, definitely. We'd be interested to follow Cheers, up. Cheers, bud. Yeah, appreciate that, mate. Nice one. Very so, cool. have you got any purchases this week, Lance? Yes, yeah, so I have this week, Mike. Um, it actually arrived... Yeah, this I've got a new patch. Captain Blackbeard's patch. So I got that... Um, Did you get that off the ship? Whilst No, I actually ordered it whilst I was away. Because um, I saw lots of pirate flags and things like that. And I was like, oh, I really want to... And it was also, it's also on... Um, Obi-Wan Nairobi's rig, so I thought, there we go, two birds, one stone. Bit of piracy, bit of uh, bit of SAS heroing, hero heroizing. Do you, so on that, just just very quickly, on that thought, if there mm. was, uh, for the sake of argument, some horrific thing happened and we had sort of a, a, a another event whereby... You <laughs> sorry, know, come up I've with... just seen Drew's message. <laughs> well, the sorry I'm late, I'll self-flagellate until the end of the stream. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I don't know what it is, but I'm just picturing the monk out of um, uh, the Da Vinci Code now, putting that chain around his leg and pulling it tighter. Sorry, that's all I'm seeing. <laughs> do you, do you, 
I'd, I'd love to see um, some sort of... Oh, you ruined the point I was trying to make now. I was going to suggest Sorry. that the um, if if we had some, you know, proper hero going and going and basically save the day again, but they've got like a patch of a dick or something on them. <laughs> and then everyone's like, I want to recreate that loadout. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. I've, that, I've just... <laughs> I've lost your, what you're on. I don't know what you're on about, mate. So say it again. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, so obviously Obi-Wan Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not not right. kind of went out to be a hero, but just like he was there, know, right? Well, right, right place, right wrong time. time. I don't know. How would yeah. you look at it? <laughs> well, he was clearly in the right place at the right time, fortunately. But yeah, yeah, know, yeah. He's obviously gone in and and done some pretty awesome stuff, and then everyone's in awe. So you know, the, like what he's been wearing, I've seen in like a museum. I oh, see what you're getting at, right? Him. You're obviously buying the patch as partly because he also had that as well. And I just, I would love it if someone just did <laughs> I'm with a you now. with like a big dick patch or something like that. And then everyone's like, oh, I've got to go and buy the dick patch now. <laughs> yeah. Just with a, just like a, like, it, like he's got the nice, put like the, like the gray, what was it, Versace shirt or something he had on at the time. It's just like a shirt that says, I'm a massive cock written down the arm. He's like, well, <laughs> got to have that, obviously. Yeah. Goes with the loadout. This, this, this uh, this SAS guy, you know, ran in there in a full Borat mankini. <laughs> Sorted it. Yeah. He ran in there dressed as a gimp in a in a in a PVC pink <laughs> gimp suit. Uh, obviously had a a, a Bora DCS on. <laughs> Totes yeah. Ovs. Yeah, but well, I mean, to be fair, I that's mean, the best camouflage because people are looking where, for I don't soldiers. Know. They're not looking yeah, for where, the uh, PVC where... gimp suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh look, we've got a threat coming. No, no, it's just a gimp. Oh, that's right. Then we can carry on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would be quite funny. Yeah, well, I don't Sorry, know if we could put uh, it... just random tangent of thought. This is, this is yeah, this, we're not, we're not verbally bashing, uh, we're not verbally bashing uh, Obi Wan or Obi by the way. Oh, this no, would not be at all, purely, not at all. that would be hilarious. though. I wonder if we can, I wonder if this will reach any special forces operators and think, right, we're going to well, start wearing patches now that say we are cocks. Yeah, <laughs> but people were going out; they were buying his like exact loadout. So like, the, the absolutely, yeah. I've got his. I've, well, not his. I've got a crag hop. The closest I could get money financially was a crag hoppers, and that was expensive enough for me. I was like, mm. I'm not spending that much money on a shirt. I'm sorry, but no. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely shirt though. It's got built-in insect repellent, don't you know? Oh, nice. Just got a bit of pressure out the old standing plaster. So there you go. <laughs> well. We'll have to hug more then, because I've got the repellent to get rid of them for you. <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. You you were talking about stuff. Oh, I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> I bought that. That's, what, that's that. And I and I got for my for it. And it's not accurate. Before anyone starts, it's not a Denison smock. It's as close as I could get to it. Um, for my two uh, two SAS Scud Hunter loadout Gulf War ninety one. Um, so this is my tanned sort of desert desert smock type denison jacket which is going to be uh going into my loadout with my desert dpm bottoms and my uh my webbing kit and sort of long back bergen type thing which is going to get sort of sprayed up and stuff like that so yes very happy with that and it was only 20 25 28 quid of amazon could not nice. believe it i was expecting it to turn up and being really flimsy but i'm genuinely impressed with the stitching and the quality of the actual material it's almost like um like a canvas, like a Polish lavu, haversack sort of type. It's it's thick old it's it's thick old gear, you know. So I, I reckon that will mm. take some waterproofing spray really well. I reckon that'll take to that really well. So I'm, I'm interested to see that. Obviously, it comes with a hood. Just need to stitch a button onto the back there so I can roll the hood up and button it out of the way. But other than that, yeah, excellent. So I'm well happy with that. So that's my nice. couple of purchases whilst I've been away. I have still been thinking yeah. about the game. I've um, I've, I've bought a couple of things as well. Um, 
there was a, a rather attractive gentleman at an event I went to recently who was wearing a, a Northern Ireland chest rig. So I've gone out and bought myself a Northern Ireland chest rig. What, uh, was that it, or did he have other stuff on as well? He had other stuff on. I'm talking about you, you idiot. <laughs> I know, I was joking. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just Northern Ireland chest rig. Um, this one is specifically made by Highlander. Um, it was only after I'd purchased it that I realised that this may be a, a, a replica or a recreation or whatever, rather than an, an original one. Um, but what I did like on this is that the clips you can uh, on the pouches you can actually either utilize the velcro or the standard mm -hmm. um i don't know what you call those side squeeze clips side, side squeeze, squeeze. Um, nice well that's what it says on the clip so i'm just I'm just quoting that um but i bought that but when i when i bought it i had noticed that there are on the left strap four press studs and that to me smacked of something's missing here so i did a little bit of research uh, i spoke to Lance something needs well. pressing Yes. Um, it turns <laughs> out that the original chest rig was designed to be accompanied by this. So this is a radio pouch with the accompanying press studs on the back that connect onto that. It's quite a large radio pouch. It was designed for the Klansman. Um, but my plan is that I can utilise this on the chest rig to provide a little bit of extra storage space. Oh, I've just bent my poppy. Storage space oh. up on the top left because um, that's one of the things I find quite difficult with the chest rigs that I've run so far um, in that with with a plate carrier there's lots of space to put things uh, with a chest rig being more low profile and scrappy um, it's a little bit harder to find places to put things so might yeah there's not a great deal of real estate on there that's not already been allocated with pouches or whatnot in there so unless no. you get like a, a newer molly version so with my my new pouch that's mm -hmm. my plan so got one of those and um, the other thing I've been playing around with and I'm not 100% convinced that I like it yet is I was on um, a shop, I can't remember which one it was, and I saw that they had a um, helmet scrim net, and I thought, oh, I'll buy that. And I've just been toying around with putting it on a fast helmet. Um, I haven't yet finished gilling it or scrimming it, um, but I don't I don't know if I like it or not. I'm not yet convinced. I think you should put it on. Uh, I can put it on. I mean, because it's quite high profile, and I say, oh, I need to trim it up, but because it sits quite high, I don't necessarily see a lot of advantage with the scrim um i mean you definitely need to add a bit of dark in there difference. and obviously you've got a very dark top on and a very dark background so it does stick out like the yeah, yeah i mean i'm using fun. this as a as a way to demonstrate but yeah um, yeah playing around with that so if anyone's mm. got any thoughts on that let me know i'm not convinced i like it yet so well at the end of the day if it's yeah. a net that you can just pull on and pull off it doesn't really matter does it? it's not going to well, stay this on this is there. the problem so it's not designed for a fast helmet and currently i have cable tied it to shit to try ah. and keep it to stay on there um it's nicely incorporated the x-fog unit so i've got the x-fog unit in the back there so it does go all over that and everything like that but yeah i'm not convinced on it yet i will wait and see um yeah james just says that it's a very tall bush shooting at us commander <laughs> <laughs> yes yes it is that is the response <laughs> absolutely right <laughs> um well that's that's all i purchased i haven't really got any other news unless you do mm, nope 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 okay dokie uh in which case that's probably the end of the news oh, that's not the right one pew, 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 pew. <laughs> we're doing well so far tonight Back um, so forest. we're going to be talking about <laughs> no rift kills um so we're encompassing everything that basically uh, under a typical rule set enables you to gain a kill um, in airsoft at a, a, an airsoft event 
um, which doesn't require kind of traditional shooting. So initially, I want to briefly cover the bang rule along the basis of I personally Ugh. don't like the bang rule. Um, I, I think... I get that in certain skirmishes and bits and pieces like that, I can I can see its usage. Um, with most Milsim events, I don't know about you, Lance, but I sort of feel like you're you're at the event to play airsoft. So if you're close enough that you can gain a kill with like a stab or something like that, then then do that. Other than that, you can use a pistol. Um, mm. I mean, if you wanted to challenge someone to surrender or freeze or you know just put it to the back of their head or back of their plate carrier and go. You know, put your weapon down. You is mine. In a really sinister voice, in the dark, in a cold building, when they're very scared, then yeah, great, go for it. But if they manage to whip a little sidearm out and bop you one in the face from really close, that's your problem because you've chosen to sort of creep up on them. I don't agree with a bang at all. I think it's fucking stupid. Bang bang. Nope. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen. Sorry, YouTube if you're, of if you see them, and seem it's to be just storming through, going bang, 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 and you're like, yeah, oh, no, like, no, what no, are you no. <laughs> no, no, fuck that, no, I can't be doing it. No, I'd sooner, I'd sooner take a round in the face at close range, and someone try and bang, bang, kill me. So there you go, on the record. Yep. Okay. Because so it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just shit, you know. But if you choose, if you see someone laying down away from you or someone's peering out of a window and you've crept up a staircase behind them and they're there and you think, right, do you know what? I'm going to try and, I'm going to risk it for the biscuit, creep up behind them, try and take them prisoner or take them hostage or sort of try and disarm them and they whip one around and smack you one. That's your problem because you had, you've had those 12 secret steps to get to them to just put around in their back or shoot them in the foot or shoot them in the plate carrier or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, bang, bang rule for me is no way. No, is what it is. You know, safety glass and that are all rated. You know, don't lose your teeth, don't smile. Simple. I've managed this seven years of airsoft in at close range and this, that, and the other without losing a tooth because I don't smile because I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I'm not your friend. As soon as I get to airsoft site, I'm like this when I'm driving. As soon as I get in the gate. <laughs> serious face on. This That's a lie. I've seen you come out of a tree line looking very happy before. Um, yeah, that's usually with, yeah, yeah, that's usually with a, with, a, with, with a trowel in one hand and toilet roll in the other, though. <laughs> <laughs> Winning, Mike! I have won this morning. <laughs> Always start the day with achievement. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, I want to talk about rubber knives. So, uh, within within the context of rubber knives, I'm including things like uh, you, you kind of see the careful. Things. Be careful now. Um, well, I've been careful. Because you said I want to start the conversation, start off with rubber knives along with. Oh, okay, yeah. So no, that's fine. So um, cold steel, they make a, a training um, tomahawk, um, and there's sort of various other things I've seen used um, as like a, an alternative melee weapon. Uh, I don't necessarily agree in the Milsim context of using rubber chickens, um, but I have seen that used and other adult toys. I, I think that's. That's probably funny in certain situations, but not on a milsim. If you're trying to be immersive, then you know. Mm. Well, I don't really like the idea of rubber like, of certain toys being used as sort of like melee weapons or bang kill or, or stealth kills. Because one, you know, yeah, you might find it funny, but two, there's a good chance there's going to be some a lot younger players there. Yeah, and but it just makes me feel uncomfortable that someone's running around a site with that, thinking it's hilarious, and it's just. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it's 
Sorry, mate, it's a little bit creepy. If it's <laughs> you and your friends and you're just... Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, if it was like, if we were, say enjoy, we were having a training day and then someone yeah. whipped one out with, and it was just like, oh, very fucking funny. But it's actually like, you, it just makes it very awkward and... Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> <laughs> fucking weirdos. But there we go. Yeah, that's, yeah. Just my, that's my opinion. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, in terms of rubber knives, obviously, there's uh, a lot of sites that I've come across, um, and you'll probably be the same, Lance, in terms of uh, the, the the blade of the knife or, or thing has to obviously flex. Um, nobody really wants to have you running around with something that could potentially penetrate um, with, with any amount of force, really. Uh, I don't know how that works with some of these tomahawk clones and bits and pieces like that because obviously some of them are quite solid um and yeah i don't know how that works because i mean it, is it are these like the being... like the actual tomahawk axe type things yeah so you get like I a, th- yeah i think it's like it's a almost... the head's quite solid but then the, the actual ends of it it's like a foam like a nerf foam isn't it no no so I've, oh, i actually I own a couple of them uh, and they're they're proper ah. solid the the cold steel um training tomahawk is probably nigh on about a centimeter to two centimeters thick of solid resin or plastic or whatever it's made out of. So, I mean, this mm. this thing is it's not going to stab you in any way. You know, it, it's the same with like a training knife. It's not going to in any way harm you on that basis. But you do start to run the risk of it potentially causing a bit of bludgeoning. Um, do you know, what I can safely it's the say, I'm running around with a log, and if you just smack someone on the top, yeah, of the log, yeah, yeah, it's not going to stab them, but you're going to cause some injury. Yeah. Um, I mean, Paul as well. There's a good point there. You know, there's a risk of knocking off iPro if you're not careful. Um, I've got to admit, I've never made a knife kill in my life, apart from uh, someone who's bleeding out, and you go, "Oh, we'll just finish him off." There you go. I've never physically knife killed someone. I don't intend to either. I'll just, just shoot them for me, and it's all or blow them up, blow them up, blow them up's good. Run him over, <laughs> even better. Either of that, either of that works for me. <laughs> Carpet bomb, job done. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, push him into something. Push him into a hole. Anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I must profess, I, I've had two proper knife kills uh, in in my time. Um, one of which, no, one of which was um, it was uh, I think it was an Octo event. There was someone laying in the ground. Basically, they would they lay they kind of infiltrated on our base, and then we pushed them back. But we had pushed back further than a couple of the people had just sort of bedded down, and then we're kind of taking the occasional pot shot. And I managed to literally walk up behind someone and just go, "You're dead," um, and that was quite cool. I can get the exhilaration of that. I do understand that. Um, is to say, the rest of them for me have been role play aspects. It's like um, Rage is just saying there: if you want to use a foam knife or axe, go larp in the woods as a wizard. Mm. Um, Whip out a wand, and I would just have... just a, a vala cadaver. <laughs> them, fucking got you, mate. Well dead. So said. So says Voldemort. Just a- Akio or Asio, whatever it is. Uh, Akio like, dead. Uh, Akio just... Bankill. Oh, I've got to bring it over to you now. <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck's sake. Akio prisoner. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I might try that. Uh, I've actually got a Harry Potter <laughs> wand downstairs in a box. I might stop. I might have to go on the rig. <laughs> just want to see rage because I know it'll annoy rage. It'll frustrate it'll him, but I've got one, rage, yeah. and I could just point at him. <laughs> Especially where you have Harry Potter Crocs. Accio Crocs. 
Just pointing at him. <laughs> Can you imagine storming into a building and you're just confronted by someone in a full wizard outfit just going, Abracadabra, whatever you like. Abracadabra. No. Nope. <laughs> Not today, mate. <laughs> um, so do you do you run a, a rubber knife on your kit generally? I or? did. Um, and then I never used it. It just got in the way. I did buy another one which looked quite cool and tactical and stuff. But then as soon as you took out the sheath, the, the blade was like that. So again, it just looked gash. So I just got rid of it. Just, I've never, I haven't run a knife for a long, long time now. Just, I just relied on BBs and, and explosives, mm-hmm. mortars. They're good fun. Oh, fair enough. Yes. Um, before we go on to the next, or, one, or actually, uh, shout out on that though is uh, I must shout out to a dear friend of ours, Mark Kettles. He has made a couple of successful kills using his radio aerial <laughs> as a knife. <laughs> Which is very, very cheeky, but brilliant at the same time. <laughs> the old bowfang gets look, it out in the back. You did. The look of shock kill. on the person that that, got, that took that kill. Yeah. Of just, oh, you got me, and then turn around and go, oh, I shouldn't have taken that. That's like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just smoke and mirrors, man. Smoke and mirrors. That's what it's all about. It's not cheating. It's just no, smoke and mirrors. Not. That's like me with my um, my 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 really bright cigarette end when I uh, I can't remember what event it was. It was, a, it was an apocalypse event, and me and this guy. I can't remember his name. Do apologise. Going to hate me for it. But he's got the lovely Alsatian dog. And me and him took the stockade from Op Four, and it was two guys left in the watchtower. And we got to the inside, the ground floor inside. Looked up the staircase. I could hear him shuffling about. And I went, and I threw it upstairs. Went, and they came, oh fuck, fuck, fuck! Like they come running down, bang, 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 and they were like, bastard, it's a cigarette. I was like, I never said it was a grenade. Just threw my cigarette away. I thought it was a snake, so I was trying to communicate with it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen people do that with um, pine cones and various things as well. Brilliant! Yeah, 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 yeah. Put a cigarette on top of a pine cone, throw that. There we go. Oh fuck! Fuck! fuck. <laughs> Squirrels are rebelling. <laughs> <laughs> Drew says, "In the dark, saying you is mine." Sounds like a Friday night in Scabs Cataric, apparently. You is mine. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry says, "Saying bang is like a small kid with a wooden stick going brat." Pretending it's a machine gun. I mean, that's the thing. You do, you do see these videos of these kids literally just running through like the the wooden, the classic wooden palisade, like in a warehouse over in America, just bang, 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 and then yeah. people just getting annoyed. Um, yeah, yeah, fuck off. <laughs> just fuck off. I bang bad you. Enough, bad enough, you're <laughs> American. <laughs> let, alone, let alone making stupid gun noises. Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we get on very well out in America at airsoft sites. <laughs> Can you stop it? Stop, stop talking. <laughs> oh, to be fair, like some of the um, some of the US meal sims, I'd love to go to. But oh, mate, yeah, the, the CQB West. stuff that you know, I do like a CQB game. Don't get me wrong, but just when you've got like polar stars and things just firing like mm. a solid wall of plastic at you, yeah, it's just. Yeah. Um, Paul Wales, I once took a BB to the knee. Ooh. Ow! Would that's that like, hurt? I don't feel that. Would well, hurt I dro- I, mem- I remember I was, I was at work once and I dropped to my knees and my kneecap went on that top hurts. of a screw head, <laughs> on top of a screw head that was sticking out the floor, and I went fucking ghost white, like and then then green, and was nearly sick, yeah. awful. So I can imagine a BB being quite similar to that. That would actually hurt. Yeah. Ooh. There's nothing Poor worse apple. when you kneel down in a uh, in a building in any way. Just like you, you know, you're, you're pying out the corner of the door, or looking look at that. Don't, don't laugh at that. Or looking over the window. I, I you have is to do mine now. Floor first. 
<laughs> just, just a little sweep of the floor just to get the BBs out of the way. Yeah, if you haven't yeah. got knee pads ah, or anything on, they, that, ah, that proper hurts. Ah. <laughs> it's like when you've got a crew through the tunnel, the crawl spaces at Longmore, isn't it? It's just yeah. a floor of BBs. Just six geezers on their hands and knees just going, ah, ah. <laughs> going through a little tunnel. <laughs> Fucking pathetic. What a sight. <laughs> Uh, Marky Mark says, my view is you've paid to shoot and get shot at, so stop being a pussy and take the hit regardless. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean... Wonderful. It's, it's awkward, isn't it? Because, I mean, I, I, I get from some people's perspective that they don't want to be shot in the face, and it hurts being shot in the face. I always get shot in the face. I know, Whenever it's close range, I always get yeah. shot. It's never in the knee or in, in the elbow. It's either in that fucking cheek or it's in that fucking cheek. And I can prove it because I got shot at Epsom Bunkers in the fucking face. And then at the bloody gunman's event, I got took one in the bloody face again the following week. Bastard. Yeah. It's never anywhere else apart from the fucking face. It really aggravates me. Have you thought about face pro? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the next event you're going to rock up in like a full fencing mask yeah yeah I will do yeah yeah, yeah I want one of the uh, the uh, samurai masks like the smiley samurai beastie warrior thing oh yeah yeah, cool. yeah yeah Quite I've rattle canned it so it's fine now it's, it's tactical it's fine it's can baby it's fine Paulus Wales hate rubber knives especially when you have a mixture of some players with them and some with actual knives on the kit so this is a, this is quite a good point in terms of uh, just general safety so I, my personal thought, you shouldn't need an actual knife on you um, that's readily available. You might disagree, but, uh, you know, you, you see some people run plate carriers and sort of chest rigs where they've got mm. an actual knife. Um, I, I, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you run the risk of, uh, fundamentally, I don't think you ever need it that urgently that you couldn't have it tucked away. It doesn't need to be readily accessible. Um, I'm not suggesting not, that you know. Not in the sense where you'll you'll like be that. ready to draw it on someone at all. No, but that's I've what got I mean. one. I have a mora on my webbing, but it's back behind my water bottle pouch, so it's not like it's a heart on guard sort of yeah. place. But I mean, I mean, there is still potentially a risk with some events, and and it's I think it's happened less with COVID, to be honest with you. But some events, sort of previously, people would you know, you say you've got a captive or something like that, and people start fiddling about with your kit. You know, pulling pulling bits and pieces, sort of trying to inspect it. I, I think you just run a risk carrying an mm. actual knife. Um, now, I get that some people might disagree. Personal preference. Um, I just, for me, it's not necessarily needed. I have a Leatherman on me, so I do have a blade, but it's obviously tucked away. And a Leatherman, it's not a case of oh, you can just quickly pull it out and accidentally have a knife. Um, but yeah, that's that's something to consider. I have mm. seen people though run them pretty much like on their on the, like, the top of their plate carrier as if they were oh, like the old, yeah like fighting knife sort of thing that you can just pull out and it's like yeah. there's no reason for that um, to me it's just a safety con safety issue for that but... yeah, mm. yeah maybe, I agree maybe I'm just a moaning myrtle I don't know but all the Harry Potter sorry Harry Potter tonight. reference there yeah oh. <laughs> yeah Harry <laughs> that was creepy as well Stephen mm. says uh, I don't see a problem with rubber bayonets at themed events or agreed upon scenarios but for rocking up to a skirmish it's on par with spamming 45 rounds per second on an M4 pistol with a drum mag that's just that's swearing that is that last bit 
Shouldn't be made. <laughs> it shouldn't be made. Awful idea. <laughs> I Awful idea. <laughs> oh. Harry says, for me, a rubber knife is to finish off a loadout look. Did rubber Gerber Mark IIs as icing on the cake for the US Yeah, they rooms. look very good, mate. Very nice. That looked very cool. Mm-hmm. So. And you've got to have that uh, to do the hand the hand thing as well. Through the fingers. Yeah. Absolutely. Perhaps we should try that on the 24-hour show. I'll bring my Mora knife. If you want. You want for it. Are you talking about... Sorry, I wasn't... You know you put your hand sure on the table and you've got to you're go really fast between your fingers. Um, oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah we're not doing that. <laughs> I would lose a finger. <laughs> oh. I tried doing it with super glue just then. It hurts just... And how long did that take? Ah, <laughs> oh, I did it again. Bastard. That hurts. Oh, Don't do it with super glue, uh, bottles. It's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Use a knife. It's much sharper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It goes straight through. You don't have to worry yeah. about it then. Um... Yeah, please don't do that and don't hold us accountable if you do. That's not... Yeah, that's it. That was super glue then. <laughs> YouTube, super glue. Yes. I uh, want to talk about remote pyro now. Um, mm -hmm. So within the context of remote pyro, we're talking about uh, trip mines, uh, electronically detonated pyro, uh, anything kind of within that remit. Got IEDs, so, claymores. Yeah. All that yeah, yeah. jazz. So the first one I want to talk about is I actually have a, a little show and tell here. This is a Beasley. Beasley, Beasley yeah. Yeah, I've got a couple of them. Um, so this is designed to fire a blank fire cartridge um, or a primer or anything like that. You can get different adapters. The idea being is that you can screw this or fix this to some location. You pull up the rather very taut spring, lock that in place, place your primer in the base of that. Uh, you can see the, uh, the little firing pin there. Uh, and then, you know, rig it up as a tripwire. Someone comes through, knocks out the pin, removes any tension from the spring. Spring goes mental, flies down, activates the bomb. The bomb activates the uh, the cartridge. Mm. Um, I've seen some quite effective kills with those, especially when you... They're very I good. We've chatted about this on the show as well. You can string them up with maybe two or three trip lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't have to just rely on one. So that, that works quite well. I mean, originally they were used for gate alarms for farmland and stuff like that. So they're usually, nine times out of ten, you'd find them screwed to a farm gate. Um, and it's just like an early warning sort of thing, just to say, you know, piss off, shut the gate. Um, but they are very good. I mean, like Mike's just said, then you can run to... I mean, I usually try, if if it's woodland and we've like we, we've got a harbour area and we're securing like a firing position uh, and we want like a, a, a field of carnage, um, I usually put two uh, lines coming off of the off the pull pin so you've got a sur clip which clips into the top and then off of that there's a little like a little uh, uh keyring ring if you like um so i usually tie off sort of like 20 pound pipe line or fishing line off of that uh but i only go five meters obviously it's a, nine times out of ten an explosive kills like within five meters so don't put a 15 meter trip line on there because there's 10 meters of that trip line which is shit. i've seen it mate i've seen it yeah. I've set one off before and it's been like 20 metres away and they're like you're dead I'm like well, are you fucking serious what are you talking about so what's the explosion <laughs> gone down the trip wire is it and then hit me <laughs> I said put your trip wires at 5 metres lads and then I'm inside the kill zone <laughs> yeah. so yeah well, I do like 5 metres one side say you've got a central tree 5 metres and then 5 metres and then it's got, you've got a 10 metre kill area then but it's still within 5 metres of the explosive um, but yeah they're brilliant very very effective you know you can set the strength on them as well you can obviously have that clip in like just about so if it's not a breezy day or anything like that you know, have it right on its limit, so they just literally have to graze it, and it's bang. You know, and it's really good. It's really, really effective. 
Um, but then again, if obviously if it's a windy day or you've got a lot of ground litter, a lot of brambles and stuff, and it could snag, then you know just set that clip in a little bit further, and it, it it'll take a, like a good stride through the line to to knock it out. But it will, you know, they will knock it out. Um, but they're very good, very very good. One uh, effective method I saw on YouTube, funnily enough, for identifying trip lines because obviously you, you know you're, you're moving through buildings or anything like that is dark. You can't necessarily see what's in front of you. Um, if you have on your point man a plumb line coming down off the front of their rifle, so as they're moving forward, because the, the rifle is effectively out in front of them, the plumb mm. line's acting as a vertical drop from that point. You'll be able to notice the tension on the plumb line without potentially setting off the tripwire. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as a useful tool. So appreciate it's not necessarily the most feasible things to run around with a bit of cord hanging off the front of your rifle and a little bit of a weight or something like that. But I have played around with the concept and it does seem to work quite well. Um, mm -hmm. So bear that in mind. If, if you are uh, an event that has a lot of trip mines for, for whatever reason, um, have you ever played around with the electronically detonated stuff? Uh, not personally. No, I've seen it done and have seen it used really, really well. Um, and the last time I saw it was at Battle Lakes at um, an Octo event. And one of the guys in our PMC team had a good, a great setup with electronic uh, claymores. Or um, oh, I, can't, I can't remember the name of them now. It's like the little electronic debts, which they use for firework displays and stuff like that. But you can get them like 10 to a pound. You know what I mean? They're very, very easily yeah. purchased. Um, uh, with a control box with like six debts on it. So you can, so you can rig them up arm them all beep, 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 and then just press each button and they were just scattered around an area and as soon as you saw some movement click bang dead really really good really really good not sure what the range is like i know i'm guessing it's sort of like that's the kiddies steve thank you very much maroons um yeah they're very very good yeah nice lightweight um easily transportable you know they're not like using big claymore boxes or anything like that i mean i suppose you could sort of mock something up so it looked the part if you wanted to do that maybe but um there's there's certainly nice nice small little devices um easily deployable you know easily retrievable um and i guess he had about a 50 60 meter spread on these um on these six debts that was that was scattered around the place so yeah you know not, not like a decent range for, for for the engagement distances that we'd be we'd be using you know 60 70 meters tops i'd say would be very good I, I believe you'd you'd have to keep eyes on it i don't think you should be able to just blindly detonate them like I've, yeah, well, you know, like someone's on it. Like if you're on a yeah. building or things, things like that, or it's the other side of a building. I think you, you, you need to have eyes on, or you're, you need to have comms with people who've got eyes on it, who can say, right, yeah, three, two, one, so like detonate now, bang, then you know you've got them. Not someone who's laying down with their face potentially nearby it or something like that. You know what I mean? Just be mindful of how and when you're going to detonate something like that. You know, use caution. Yeah, the only time I've ever got to play with anything like that, we had a, um, funnily enough, back at Lawnmower again, we were intercepting a vehicle, um, so using it as an IED, basically. Mm -hmm. and uh, they're, they're particularly useful for those because trying to get a grenade in position at the right time is obviously not easy. You've got to have a body within throwing distance and obviously timing and everything like that, whereas if you can set it up in position in advance, vehicle comes through, you can obviously hit the detonator and that goes off. Um, so they're pretty cool. Um, there's obviously other options as well. So there's things like um, the Claymore devices. You get the little boxes that fire spring-loaded BBs out. Um, yep. I have come across one of those once. Uh, it failed to operate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it, well, it was good for me because I, I ran through and it didn't didn't go off. But um, I have seen those used. I think the only, the only thing with a lot of these um, 
devices are obviously you you've got to go and retrieve them afterwards. So they're not traditional military kit. There's obviously uh, IEDs or anything like that. They, they they leave it there. It's not a case yeah. of you know, there's not going to be any left to afterwards to pick up. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's that's probably one downside with anything like that. Whereas obviously paper pyro, which we'll come on to in a little bit, but paper pyro, you know, you can throw it and it's gone. Um, you don't generally have to worry about it. Maybe just check that there's no fire or something afterwards. Um, I mean, nine times yeah. out of ten, when it comes to kit like that, you're uh, uh, if you're an event, sort of like a well-established event, I'd say. Um, like for example, you know the SEO guys, the guys, defiant guys. If they, if there is a specific tasking, tasking, tasking for a team um, to breach a doorway or do this or do that, you know, there's a good chance that they would be supplying the pyrotechnics for that element and probably have whoever's doing the pyrotechnics for the event on standby with you to make sure everything's all good. As in when you're breaching and things like that, I've seen that many times, which and it's worked really well because you know it's taking pressure off you. You're not supplying your own pyro because you wouldn't, you know, the likes of us who are just regular players wouldn't be able to uh, assemble a frame charge to go onto a door to make it look the part and this that and the other. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it would be a Mark Five or a Mark Nine at the door, and that'd be it. You know, that's as close as we could get to doing that. Whereas you know, the the actual event organizer, or something like that. You know, I don't think you have to worry too much about um, those sorts of charges. It would be just more your, your personal throwing pyrotechnics from our point of view. Yeah. Uh, Pegasus says, I think trip mine should be limited to lower power blanks. I've had a 12 gauge go off next to foot and ended up bruising. Ooh. So that's, you know, that's a fair point again. That's a very um, powerful. Is that, is that is that a homemade 12 gauge blank or is that actually a 12 gauge blank? Because that shouldn't, have, if it was a 12 gauge actual blank, that should not have done that. What I have seen is 12 gauge rounds. I've seen 12 gauge rounds cut and then the shot removed and then re wadded. With still the same amount of black powder in it as a normal like round, mm. which isn't good. But yeah, if it's a with the, um, blank, you shouldn't have done that. Hand, to be fair, um, you can with the with the Beasley mines that this particular model came actually, funnily enough, with a um, little enclosure box mm-hmm. uh, as both a kind of reduction for safety because obviously that I don't think these are intending to harm anyone per se. Um, but it also helps weather protect the uh, the blank in there as well. So, you know, whether that's something that is to be considered on those. But I, I agree with you. I think, you know, whilst we obviously all like a loud bang, ultimately, if a bang goes off within airsoft, it's a five meter generally rule um, in terms of that being classed as a kill. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously not good that you got injured, Pegasus. So, I, you know, that's obviously a bit of shit for you. Mm. Um so without knowing the the exact specifics of that, but yeah, you know, I don't. We shouldn't be going into airsoft to actually physically want to harm people. Um, no, so actually, and you've got to be careful of where you place these sorts of things. Point. You know what I mean? You know, you know, if it's inside a doorway, I'd sooner take. Uh, you know, there's only. I certainly wouldn't put it head height for a start. It would definitely be low, low level. Um, but yeah, so it surprised me how you said that's bruised your foot catching that. You sure you didn't kick the door when you went in and it made you jump? <laughs> <laughs> Shit! <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, no idea. It was loud and within a centimeter of my foot as I went through the door. Oh blimey! Yeah, you gotta be careful with that. See, I mean, if I try and place my, especially if you're in like rural areas like woodland, and I sort of try and place the actual alarm within a bush. That's like a bush that you can't really get into, but I can put the alarm in there purely for that very reason. Someone laying prone who lays across it, they're not going to get it like in the face. It's going to be out of the way of them. 
you know, that's where I sort of position it or, you know, or build something up around it. Because you're going to try and hide it anyhow because you don't want people to spot it. So you're going you're gonna to cover it with like bushes and branches and things like that. Anyhow, just the actual main, the main alarm trigger itself, you know, then run your lines out from there. So I always try and do it in a way that no one can actually get near it because it's covered up with stuff. So you wouldn't want to lay there. I wanted to bring up as well the uh, the mines that you made. The Oh, uh, yeah, they were good. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to have done it so they're a bit loud. I mean, I, I wish I knew, I wish I'd known Harry back then. Because I think we could have really done something rather wonderful together. <laughs> um, so basically, what they were, I, I sort of trawling the internet for a trigger uh, for these IEDs I wanted to make that could be sort of partially buried or placed anywhere, very mobile, very portable. And what I found was, and they use them a lot in nursing homes, and it's a it's a sensor which goes underneath like um like a uh, a rug in in like a bedroom or anything like that. And it basically you can wire it to an alarm, um, and whenever it gets pressure on it, it'll it'll alarm. So it's basically a giant trigger pad. So it makes a contact, sets an alarm off, puts a light bulb on, anything like that. You've got multiple uh, wiring looms that come with it. Um, very, very cheap, waterproof. Um, and basically what it was as far as if like one of the patients or anything fell out of bed or anything like that, they would sort of land on this mat area and it would trigger an alarm off. Say there's a pressure detected on this mat when I mean, it shouldn't have been, like 1am, 2am, whatever it was in the morning. Uh, so it's like an early warning sort of thing. And we, I put right, okay, I'll order some of them. Knocked up these alarms, and it was a, a red light, flashing light, and a really loud, um, I'm not sure if it was as loud as a, like a, one of them little rape siren thingies, but it was really loud. Um, and then I ran the power pack off of a long power de uh, charge, so that it almost said like you had like, um, so I could bury it in like a track, or I could put the pad in the doorway, and I could have the, the light sensor somewhere, and then I can have the actual the speaker somewhere, and then have the actual main power supply like running off for like 10 meters into the woods. So if the the guys doing the EOD sort of detected the line, they could sort of pull up this like little cord, and they think, oh, well, here we go, and follow that back into the woodland for the power and disarm it, or you know, uncover the actual IED itself and disarm it via the battery pack. Yeah, and they they work really, really well. They're really good. Mm. And you can actually put probably like sort of that much sort of soil on top of it, and it, it still wouldn't set it off. It would actually take that pressure, that push of a footprint, you know. We didn't try it with a vehicle, but certainly with a footprint, you had to set it off. It was really good. I might have to, I'll dig the videos, actually. I've got some videos on my phone, all videos. And I'll stick one up on uh, me and Dan. We were sitting in my... God, thank God we never got raided that day in my living room. <laughs> Spools of wire and, like, 12-volt, 9-volt batteries and these pads and, and just, yeah. Uh, what, were, what were you doing here exactly? Uh, well, uh, funny story. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll dig the videos out so I can put them up on our Facebook. Yeah. Quite cool. I mean, I, I know we've we've covered the story before, but as as part of the uh, IED sweeping team, um, my my responsibility was to find some of these landmines, and I think we found one before it detonated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the rest of them was definitely a, a post post explosion uh, analysis of what had happened. Um, but it's particularly frustrating. I think one of them was rigged to like a doorbell noise. So it's particularly frustrating. You're walking through the forest. And you, you put your foot down. All of a sudden Bing you hear bong. a doo-doo. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm dead. Bastard. <laughs> Generic doorbell mine got me. Yeah. But I could see those being particularly useful on, um, if, if you could rig that up to like a remote detonator or something like that, that, that would be quite cool because the ch it was it was incredibly hard to see. Like, as you say, if you could bury that a little bit um it's actually a device that you'd have to find and then you could trace well, again and, and then the and it and also stuff. brings the yeah it also brings that eod element into the game a bit more not just like oh yeah your eod go over there blah 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 wait five minutes and you disarm the bomb well done 
yeah. you've actually got to physically find something tangible and deal with it and actually it has actually got a power supply there is a risk of you setting it off so you know it's just another element that you know that you can bring to an event which which makes it really cool and there's also that threat level there as well because it always say like yeah careful on patrol ied threat you know contact on ieds and this that and the other it's like is there any out there though really come on be honest have you really put any out there but if they had them it'd be like oh shit there's genuinely yeah Especially if you had some of the maroons wired up to it, because they don't take a lot of voltage to set one off. It's yeah. a very, very low voltage ignition for one of them. So if you had that rigged up, and as soon as you press that contact, and it's a very short end to that explosive, mate, it's like almost instantaneous. Press that, bang, you'll be like, whoa, that's fucking proper scary. Shit. Mm. <laughs> I mean, from a, you know, you do also have the opportunity, <clears throat> you don't even have to have the pyrotechnic. If you've got a little speaker unit or something like that that could play um, a relatively realistic explosion noise rather than a super tinny boom. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, uh, or like, know, a, the, well, like the 16 gigabyte pixelated, like, you know, when like your, your Desert Strike <laughs> helicopter took it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you have an option there that you, you've got a device that's actually relatively safe to play with mm. um, w- without running the risk of any. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, I love a big bang and everything like that. It, it's good fun. Um, but. Some sites obviously don't like these things because of the insurance risk implications and stuff, but there are obviously options that you could have something that's a little bit safer. Um, yeah, Stephen Whitehead says, have a Bluetooth speaker rigged up to a sensor and a John Cleese voice just shouts, very sorry, but you were dead. <laughs> um, I found the perfect a... noise for a, for a landmine. Hang on, hang on, let me just turn my phone up. I mean, I reckon this could be quite... Imagine going through the... Mic, but very dark, in the woods, hit a landmine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to play the little speech from Blackadder when the Baldrick asks Blackadder what you do when you're training on a landmine. He's like, well, the general standard operating procedure is to throw yourself 30 feet into the air and dispose <laughs> yourself over a wide area. <laughs> um <coughs> Shall we? There's, there's some. I appreciate there's sort of various comments in the chat. There's stuff about bang rule and stuff like that. Uh, I'll just cover that quickly. Yes, let's uh, go Phil to the Phil says comments. bang bang can fuck right off. Um, Stephen Whitehead. Yeah, says, well, hang on like, a minute. Hang on a minute. No, if that's it, wouldn't be bang bang though, would it? For Phil, it'd be gel gel. No, because it's gel blasters, isn't it? It's squidge squidge. Squidge squidge. <laughs> splurge splurge. Splurge splurge. Splurge splurge. <laughs> Um, Stephen, that was a weird <laughs> sidetrack. Stephen Whitehead says, "Like home Shut alone." Shut up, Phil! Stuff. You keep taking us off on weird tangents. <laughs> Bloody Aussies with nonsense. Stephen Whitehead says, "Like home alone, you slip up on BBs in the doorway and end up down a staircase with your eyebrows burned off." <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Iron in the yeah. face. I'm not, I'm not carrying an iron. Actually, that's a good melee weapon. Yeah. Tins of paint just kind of swinging down <laughs> in doorways and stuff like that, like <laughs> or a rubber spider. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rage says the jail uh, enforce a bang rule. If you're within a meter, you have to say bang, and they have to take it out of that. Uh, you can say bang, but they don't have to take it. So that's interesting. They always I mean, this take is it. the thing. So different sites will have different systems and setups that works well for them. I imagine the jail, it being an ex-jail, is very, very tight fire scenarios. Um, so very close CQB. What are you pulling that face for? I just don't know how you associate the fact that it's a jail. There's been an awful lot of shooting there, hence why it's what's what. 
Like, as in when it was a joke. So having played having played IO five hundred, where you're going cell to cell, um, in some of what, those. What did you play there movies, then? Was that a, was that a site? Was it the joke? I've not I've not played at the joke. Oh, you mean at Dover? Just yeah, yeah. So yes. AI five hundred. I was there. Was a jail. The jail is a jail. AI five hundred has never been a jail. AI five hundred is what, what? What are you talking about? The Citadel down in Dover. It the was Citadel a jail. was a jail. Yes, yes, that's right. Yes. So the AI five hundred event at the Citadel in Dover was a jail. Thank you. There's the information we all needed. Thank you. Glad I'm back on <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Rage says I've carried a knife in my pocket since I was eleven and twelve, as my granddad got me one and said you should always carry a pocket knife, and I have since then. So mm-hmm. yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting you don't have a knife on you. I think I think it's a useful thing to have, especially um, you know you're out and about. And I love how Rage carries reason. a pocket knife and Mike carries a ball of string. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Together though, think of the possibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dangerous combination. <laughs> I'll tie him up. You stab him. <laughs> or surely you should stab him and then I'll tie him up. I don't know. <laughs> this is my mate Steve. He's got the duct tape. <laughs> um, apparently, Tony, I've only ever surrendered people for the lols when I'm right behind someone with knives. Some sites require a melee weapon to stealth kill. I think this is... I, I've always kind of not really understood the concept of stealth kill because... It very much puts it on the person who's being killed not to go hit. <laughs> it's completely wrongly worded, isn't times. it? Because it's not a stealth kill at all. <laughs> a stealth kill would be you killing someone and then not even knowing that you were ever there. <laughs> See, to me, this is a this is like this is creepy, almost on the verge of pervy, up behind someone and going, oh, you're a "Dead man," <laughs> and then just then and then just letting the bushes take you again. Whoa. <laughs> That's what it should be called. Not stealth. There's nothing stealthy about that. No, I mean, there are... Nonsense. I, I would like to do an event where you have to kind of infiltrate stealthily. Um, I think that would be quite cool. Steve carries a Holland and Barrett card. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's in reference to, but it's very funny. I don't know why. <laughs> that's very funny. Very random and funny. <laughs> Got a melee knife? Um, yep. Holland and Barrett, mate. <laughs> My peanut. <laughs> uh, Drew Metchen says it's easy to make a PIR activated device. May not be legal. I don't see any reason why you couldn't create something like that. I mean, I, I guess it's... I don't know. I don't, I don't know the legalities on it, to be brutally honest with you. I can't see it being illegal to make <clears> a <throat> PIR device. Now, what the device Is does... Is PIR short for pirate? No. Well... <laughs> excited then <laughs> no pir stands for passive infrared ah you have so to look you know that like up. the um you look that you know, up you get... i saw your eyes wander into the screen yeah uh, um the pir <laughs> sensors and things you get a lights are quite useful um you know you can get amazon i think do for 30 quid a like little floodlight that you can mount to a, a wall or anything like that that's got a pir hmm. sensor so if you want to I've got some rodent discouraging sensors under my desk here. <laughs> I got sent by Amazon. They are they are they're infrared activated. Sort of moles coming up into the loft, I suppose. I'll set them up, yeah. maybe. And children. And kids. <laughs> yeah. Works works well so far. <laughs> um Dan says how long before people start dropping pyro from drones? So I do happen to know the answer to this one. Uh the deployment of any um package or anything like that from a drone, I believe 
requires a very special license. Um, like Amazon. So, yeah. The the problem is is that they don't want people randomly dropping shit off of planes and drones and stuff like that. Because the Civil Aviation Authority kind of covers light aircraft. But aircraft as a caveat, drones is one thing. Or, or sort of like a get-out-of-jail card, you could say, well, actually, officer, I wasn't trying to drop pyro from a drone. I was trying to drop my drone from the pyro. <laughs> oh, no, because then that becomes a... Um, I only know this because my brother runs a drone survey company, but that becomes an air crash. So he had an issue recently where one of his drones flew into a seagull. Um, and I say flew into the seagull. The seagull basically flew into the drone. Um, he wasn't flying it into the seagull, but the, the drone <laughs> <laughs> the drone crashed. And he then has to log that as an actual uh, air crash, basically, to the Civil Aviation Authority. So dropping anything off drones. Uh, there was another article I read recently as well. I was fond of all knowledge on this one. Um, mm. The life uh, lifeguards... Uh, not lifeguards. Astronauts. Lifeboats. lifeboats. You know the lifeboats. Uh, yeah, I know lifeboats. They, yep, familiar. Yeah, they are. They're working up a new system whereby they can fly a drone out to, to drop. A, I'm ignoring you. They can fly a drone out to drop like a, a life buoy or something like that into the sea. Um, but they have to have a special permitting to do that because it is the deployment of a package from an aerial vehicle. Um, so it, there's a lot of very stringent rules on that. Now, that's not to say people haven't done it, and I think Dan followed up a. Uh, comment about a video of an AFG-6 being dropped from a drone. Um, I, I probably doubt that they had the authority to do that, but that's that's how that stands. Um, so there you go. We've all learned something, hopefully. Uh, Philip Dunn says, one of the players over here has started 3D printing CO2 landmines. We've spoken about this before, haven't we? About those screwing bulb cartridges for a, for a pressure-activated landmine. Which sort of just blows a bit of dirt and leaf litter about. That'd yeah. be very cool. I like the sound of that. I I would really like it if someone could make a usable. I need to be really careful with this because you guys uh, have an absolute classic of latching onto what I say, and then that just becomes memes for the next three years. I, I'd like the ability to create proper minefields in airsoft that obviously don't disfigure people. Um. But you can you could set them out and leave them there for a long time, if that makes sense. Like a, a sort of some sort of disposable unit that you could. Well, like forty years that... time, we're gonna have celebrities, you know, banging the drum for uh, charity <laughs> funds to go and dig up all these fucking airsoft landmines all over these no, new housing estates. No, I'm not suggesting quite that bad, but something something <laughs> that's potentially like a, I don't know a paper based product that sort of breaks down over time. So you know you can you can basically put this system out and you can just leave it there. Um, but if you had the ability to catch, create a minefield, because most airsoft sites, the minefields are normally out of bounds areas or, you know, bit of tape. boundaries of the site, a bit of tape, something like that. It's like, right, just don't go in that area. Up. Whereas I think it would be quite a, a, a cool idea to actually have a functional minefield um, at a site so that, you you know, you, you have the opportunity. You could you could go through that, that route, um, but you don't necessarily want to take that. No. <laughs> I'm ignoring that as well, Rage. Thank you. Um, You're happy camp. <laughs> Mike's happy camp with his big watch towers and spotlights everywhere. Brilliant. Come one, come all. Uh, Stephen Whitehead says air, air horns in PVC mine bodies would work. Mm. As you tread on it, it just goes par. Par. <laughs> Oh, I've got a duck uh, call or something. Landnav challenge. Know. I have a design for a landmine. Might have a chat with Harry. 
Mm. Sounds quirky. Interesting. Uh, James says IBC lids with gas cartridges in them. I don't know what an IBC lid is. IBC. Oh, okay. What is an IBC? Don't keep your secrets. Tell me. I don't know what an IBC is, but I know what vaguely what he's talking about. I mean, the, the lid looks basically like a cap. Um, IBC. I always thought they were old cine film metal casings. Coming up as a like direct water tank type thing. Oh, okay. Like IBC lids. on a water tank. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew says, I've trained with CO2-powered devices that fire out talc powder on detonation. Okay, nice. Yeah. I just, so I just someone, somebody be... mentioned flour once, but isn't flour flammable? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think talcum powder is to a certain extent as well. As soon as you get enough space between the particles, you, you can get combustible ignition. Mm. Uh, that's funnily enough what happened with the Great Fire of London. That started off at a bakery because it's sort of a pudding lane flour enough. in there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, oh, intermediate bulk container. There you go. Oh yeah, and with you now, I'm all over that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've got one downstairs. It's a little too. lid. It's a little lid with a CO two canister in it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I would like to see personally an airsoft site. That's those got... powered, those, hang on, those powder mines are on airsoft direct. No, really. Oh. Check that out later. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, right, <clears throat> let's move on. Let's now chat about disposable yeah. pyro. Hey, so we're going to talk about disposable pyro. So there's two facets to disposable pyro. I want to talk about uh, the the classic Mark Fives and smoke grenades, as well as the single bang or multi bang mortar rounds as well. Can't show that um, on the screen. Well, that's just a tube, isn't it? It's just a cardboard tube. There's nothing I'm just putting it. About that leg. <laughs> um, single use pyro. Probably my favourite personally because of the 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 ability that you can just lob it in. It's readily available, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Can you pass me my grenade back, please? It's just... Excuse me. Excuse me. Hold ceasefire. I need to retrieve my grenade. Yeah. I don't know why they haven't got them on them lanyards. You know, like the retractable lanyard thing. Throw it. In. Because no doubt you'll throw it further than the lanyard, and it will then just suddenly recoil back, and you end up with the grenade. Well, you must. You know, that's right. Everyone needs to know the length of the lanyard before they throw a hand grenade. That's basic. <laughs> Fucking basic. You need a five-meter lanyard just to get around. <laughs> Out of the we'll have multiple so. lanyards, so once you hit the once you've reached the limit of the first one, the second one then deploys. It just keeps going. It's yeah. on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah. I, I wouldn't like to have one of those expensive, like hundred and fifty pound reusable grenades because I would lose that instantly. Lose, gone. Plus the fact people steal them because they're bastards. People are bastards and they nick shit. So it's just take away the element and take away the, the take away the the thingy for them to want to steal it by not yeah. having it in the first so, place. I, I actually do have a reusable pyro. So this is a uh, BFG. This I've never seen you have that at a site ever, ever. No, well, that's the thing. I don't generally tend to use it. So this is You've a, never used uh, it? This, I have used it. Um, this is yeah, a 9mm setup. So it's got an internal spacer in there. You can use 12-gauge uh, shotgun blanks if you want to as well. And you can get additional spacers. And I have used it. You can tell because it's black on the inside. Thanks, Steve. Um, I'll throw it at you then, and only you. There you go. I'm going to get a reusable one and just only throw it at Steve. Because <laughs> he's um, promised not to a... steal it. <laughs> this is a little timed one. Um, 
Oh, you can set them. You, you can get. There's different options as well for the time in it. There, you can set it to impact, timed, or something rather else. Uh, not with this one. Side, um. cock the. Oh. oh, hello. Is it me or is it you? I don't know. One of us is lagging. There we go. We're back. Yeah, it's Let's all see good. See how that goes. Um, yeah. So basically, this this system it, it's fairly simple to use it's reusable but i prefer the disposable pyro again you could just it's easier to use um absolutely less issues um and you're not gonna not say you're gonna be crying but if you did lose a four and a half quid mark five then it's not the end of the world although it's a bit oh fuck's sake but it's not like shit that's like a 90 quid blank grenade do you know what i mean yes so and I love the FBS ones the FBS the quality of them i was just is, gonna ask Lance, your favorite brand of mark fives were <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, it used to be TLSFX, um, yep. which I've sit, which I think has since become FBS. I'm not sure, I believe or so. not. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But the FBS stuff, it, it, I, I've never had one fail on me, and I've gone through loads of them. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. They're they're not as big as the you know the gay ones. They're they're made better. They feel a bit heavier, they're easier to throw. The caps don't you, come off, which is always the nightmare. You can you can literally nearly hold a hold one of theirs like that and actually proper throw it rather than it being like a some weird crap potato masher type thing. Um yeah, just really good quite even their mortar rounds are bloody good. They're 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 spot on. Yeah, so FBS all the way for me. You know that you know that, I know that gay shit. <laughs> terrible. It's all terrible. Don't like any of it. You just said the lag was down to GCHQ tapping into the stream. Keywords, explosives, mines, and detonation. No detonation. <laughs> and, and you is mine now. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody GCHQ. Bugger off. Get your own podcast. <laughs> In secret squirrels everywhere. Um, yeah, we've kind FBS of strayed into reusable pyro as well. But um, Pegasus has said the one that you're thinking of is the B1 Pulse armament. They are variable. Um, ah, yes. One of the one of the most interesting grenades that I've seen that never actually came to market was the Maz-G. Um, this was a product on Kickstarter that's had its own absolute... Oh, this has been going for a going long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe it's still being designed and it's nothing like the original design at this point. Um, but that was meant to be like this all-singing, all-dancing, fancy grenade with PIR sensors, tilt switches, variable timings, impact sensors and the like. Um Unfortunately, so I, I don't think it's progressed any further. Um, I'm happy if someone wants to correct me on that one, but yeah, um, I, I think well, it's like that. Um, fancy, it's, it's it's like that gun that uh, that UGL that's got the speaker in it that you could set up to fire, make the sounds of whatever rifle it is particularly you've got it mounted mm -hmm. on, which, which I think was like a New Zealand brand. These two guys made it, and it was epic. But a bit like and they wanted like an up kickstart sort of thing, but it never got taken on. And I'm shocked. There's videos of it on YouTube. It's like a. It looks like a UGL, but it's like a long bow speaker type thing, and the sound it put out was unbelievable. If you had like a section of guys with that, never mind like gas blowbacks for like the, the bit of the sound that you get, this was unbelievable. Like you could set it to like an AK, an M4, whatever you wanted. You could program the sound to come out of it. And mate, I was just like, how is this not available? Because I would have fucking one of them tomorrow, just for the crack. Because they are blind. You can have it suppressed. So it's like a proper like. Tool, tool. I was just like, how cool would that be? That would be it. You you have achieved the lofty heights of how close you can get to it. Actually, sound like a real gun. Amazing. <laughs> but yeah, there is. A, I'll try and I'll try and find a link to the video and put it on our Facebook. Cause it's very good. They do a comparison. 
but they shoot it from like 40 meters away and it's just a bb rifle and then they've got it with the speaker on and it's like fucking hell there's like echoes through the trees like <laughs> i'm like whoa yeah i want that well this is the thing you know ultimately with 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 um pyro devices they don't have to be an explosive charge you, you could have sound functions and stuff in there um high five to you as well uh <laughs> One product I did just want to share. So this was a, a video that was uploaded quite a while ago now. Oh, uh, so weapons. Can't ago. use that. Uh, no, we can because it's not handling them live, apparently. You wait. Uh, What's he got in his hand? Oh, hang on. He's now handling it live. Can't try that. Hang on. Uh, yeah, let's just... Uh, no! Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Close the oh, screen, Mike. Just close the screen. Just no, I want to show something. Hang on. Let me let me show the bit I wanted to show. Uh, fun snaps. Here. Yes, mate. They're great fun. My uh, my uh, my <laughs> nephew got something for his, his birthday uh, yesterday or the day before. Happy birthday, Elliot. He was six. Good lad. <laughs> Happy birthday. This is a Mark V launcher. Uh, this was a product that apparently was for sale at First and Only Airsoft. Uh, it's a device in which you can... Read, oh, well, I'm just going to hide the video because we're not showing it anyway. Um, it was a device by which it was an underslung grenade launcher. Uh, it had a little insert that was just the right size for a Mark V. You could um, effectively imagine a Nerf gun that fires Mark Vs was, was the equivalent of what this was. So you pull back the, the charger in any, to, to obviously depress the spring, put the Mark V in, strike it, and then you can fire the Mark V. And then the spring releases firing the mark five at the direction that you've got it pointed um that was something i was always vaguely interested in i don't know again whether this starts bordering down breaching rules on what you can and cannot do in terms of airsoft air artillery um and sort of what you're illegally allowed to fire uh you're a mute lance yes i know it just makes it a micro mortar doesn't it it's, it's, it's no different to a mortar tube you're not, you're, as long as you're not adding any fins or, or anything to the actual projectile. No, you know. I know. I mean, there's obviously reasons that they didn't... Because um, they're not everywhere. You can't see them. You can't find them. Um, so whether there's some reason that it wasn't made or whatever, but the it would Mark be an interesting device again. fit down a Nerf barrel. Mm. I'll be testing that later. <laughs> mm. Yes. Um, <laughs> but that was always an interesting concept to me of something that you could utilize it as a, a cheaper version of tags. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, tag, round, tag rounds are really great. Um, they're obviously disposable as well. Um, the launchers and everything like that aren't, but the, the, the actual device that you're firing is disposable. And, and they're wicked bits of kit. You know, having the ability to fire around at a distance where you, you can land that. I mean... You know, Mike Marden got that shot at Longmore. I think it was something in the region of like forty meters, fifty meters away, um, through a window. Like, oh yes, that was brilliant. People. Yeah, yeah, mm. proper cracking shot. I might have been further. I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> Next up, Mike pays a visit to A and E. Hello, Mike. Hello <laughs> again. <laughs> Me again. <laughs> Loyalty card. Yes. Safe and where's your Holland the Barrett? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I've seen, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy now. There's a, there's a quite well-known paintballer. So please don't shout at me for that. But he has a paintball marker set up, which fires smoke grenades. And this is another thing that I would be super interested to try and create at some point. And I, I did sort of look into it, but according to 
some of the paintball shops that I spoke to, there wouldn't be enough pressure to do this. But if you could have a canister system whereby you light a smoke grenade and then you could fire that using some sort of compressed air system. Um, the ability to launch an EG-18, you know, it's a big volume of smoke at a reasonable distance away. Because quite often with smoke grenades, where you're using it for moving cover, bounding, anything like that, you, you can't necessarily get the range that you need. Um, you're obviously very limited to what you can physically throw. Keep mu you're it keeps muting. Here. I know, I know. Um, but how far away would you want the smoke to be from you? Because obviously smoke's nine times out of ten is used for, to cover your escape or shield you from people rather than throwing so it at people. This is a very long war centric episode, but I was envisioning, uh, you know, the sort of the patch of ground uh, adjacent to the sand fob. Ah, um, okay, where we did that the, section attack across the yeah, open so bit with the helicopter like a, at the front. You're probably talking maybe 50 to 60 metres of uh, open terrain that you have to cover, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. up to 100. Just trying to, if you can, if you've got a couple of these deployed along the line, you can fire some smoke grenades in and you've got like a rolling bank of smoke then. Um, yeah. That you could, you know, use as a bit more additional cover. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, bung smoking after a mortar round that would work. We can get you can get mortar smoke Maybe. rounds, though, can't you? FBS do uh, you mortar, smoke, mortar rounds. smoke rounds, which yeah, are very good. I, mean, I just think the the mortar they smoke do the dual vent too, as well now, but they're not the EG18s. If you could get something that would fire that amount of smoke, because the mm. you know the tag tag do smoke rounds as well, and, and all of these things are great, but it's the cost of them. Whereas yeah. if you and the availability of them exactly, and if you can <clears throat> retrofit something that's cheaper, um, so Mark and 5, I don't actually you know, think you can get anything tag at the minute, can you? Wasn't there a thingy on that come out? Not sure. I know. Tag. I know tags a Russian-based company. Um, yeah, I, so I, I don't I'm know not if sure there was something about um, the war, perhaps. No, there was something about some paperwork or them not being able to produce a certain. Um, like testing specifications. Like right? a testing spec sheet or something like that for it to be eligible for import or something like that. I'm sure I saw something like that somewhere. I'm not sure someone put a post out. Some Maybe someone in the chat can correct me. But um, yeah. I definitely read something along those lines within the last sort of couple of months. So, yeah. um, I mean, ultimately, people people like the ability of tags and stuff like that because they're good setups and good bits of kit. But if you could find a medium ground where you have the ability to launch cheaper pyro um then you probably see more of it and I, I think sort of smoke grenades are a really good usage of that because mm, um mm. and we'll, we'll we'll kind of come on to that now in terms of octo's rules with smoke so red smoke is the equivalent of a fire yeah incendiary um, yeah 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 Yeah. so if you lobbed that in an area anyone kind of within that smoke cloud I believe either has to move out of the area or um i, I think it's almost classed as a kill on that basis um but it's area denial as well but again, uh, when it goes off, you get like a couple of seconds to bug out or yeah. you're enveloped in it, then you're dead. Do you know what I mean? So, which is a good, that's a good, that's, that's a good show. I like that. That's a good, that's, that's, that's good. That brings no relevance. Yeah. I think green or anything other than not white or black is poison or something, isn't it? Blue, the blues or the greens or something I like that. I believe that green was poison, poison, or, or, yeah. poison or something like that. Yeah. Um, I know purple was a nerve agent that we used on one event. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, at um, that was the one we did at the Ultimate War Games one, wasn't it? When we had the scientists going through the going yes. through the wood bit there, yeah, that was a bit of purple eight, uh, gas agent there. That was cool. Yeah, enjoyed that. Yeah. So I mean, smoke smokes as well. I mean, obviously with smokes, it depends on the site rules. Um, <coughs> generally, 
most sites I've played at or, or events we've played at haven't really allowed smokes in buildings um, for the obvious reason that you know, a lawnmower when they're brand when they've been newly rebuilt. You mean? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they go off by accident and things happen. Um, and people panic and they can't pick them up and throw them out the window. <laughs> Comes back in again. them because of all the smoke. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, Big Mike so, uh, was so clear at the briefing at the beginning. Whatever you do, do not throw any fucking smoke grenades inside the buildings. And like the first grenade our no, team no, throws. You could throw them out. You could throw them out of the building. <laughs> yeah, you could throw but, them out the building. <laughs> but he hadn't accounted for people missing the window. <laughs> That you're stood right in front of. That I stood right in front of. And there's a marshal stood right in the doorway. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And you're just kicking it around the floor trying to get it. Come here. Come here, smoke. Come here, smoke. I'm so sorry. And I'm about halfway up the staircase, just like (laughs) shaking my head. I just had to apologise for my colleague. (laughs) It's not normally like this. Oh, that was a good day. I missed it. It was so much fun. Um, it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, conscious oh. of the time, let's roll through some of these other ones as well. So, yes. minds, direct reasonable fire. Um, one thing that we haven't really covered is things like Moscart rounds. So, I'm yeah, not... never really used them. To be honest with you, I have one of them to show. Ooh. Um, I've got. So, one of them. I have never used this other than just firing random stuff around the house. Um, this is a wide diameter story. Uh, I don't really know the correct terminology. I refer to it as like the, the wide diameter um, round, basically. I I fill it with little foam balls and stuff like that because it fires anything that will fit into that. Will that um, fit a Mark V in the end of it? Pressure. I will be testing that after the show. <laughs> I think it would. Not going to lie. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so this is a little gas-powered grenade. Uh, for the most part, these sort of Moscart rounds and anything like that, they're okay. Um, I can't say that I've ever seen the kind of the Moscarty rounds used with particular effect, other than in sort of CQB areas. Nerf darts do fit, Kenny, just so you know. Nerf darts with drawing pins in the end of them. Uh, you could you used do to do that. that. I- Awful, awful child. I was an awful child. Have you ever, have you ever seen any moss cart rounds used effectively? Yeah, just make a lot of noise and mess. Not really. No. No. Shit. Okay. What? One accidentally <laughs> went off in my loft, and I was just like, oh, "Fuck that!" Just <laughs> <laughs> went, and all it was like ten seconds of. I was just like, "Shit." Yeah. I'm not picking all them up. So. The reason I bought this was I bought the um, B&T oh my God. grenade launcher. What sits might fit. I wonder if you could roll a bit of wafer ham and put it down there. And it would deploy. You fire it should and then the ham... Start, should we start a the new ham would open. literally just will it, will it Moscart? <laughs> I wish there were will it Moscart section. Can we do that? Please, can we do that? Maybe for the twenty-four hour show, we'll bring it. What's the um, what's the what's the little what's the cheese the cheese things you get the tubes of cheese? Cheese packet. Yeah, like a cheese cheese string fit in there. Cheese string going there. Yeah, yeah. Fire a cheese string out of there. I'd definitely like to see you try and fire a white bit of wafer ham though, rolled up. You know, like the old the classic mum's mum's eighties salad. Three bits of rolled ham, half a a, a whole a whole hard boiled egg cut in half. (laughs) 
Love that. 80s salad. Yeah. You probably want to layer up the ham vertically so you get like a, a, a shotgun effect of ham coming out of it. Like oh no, I was, hope, I was hope, kind of hoping for a, 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 a single piece of rolled ham that would open and so then just deploy of... over my face. <laughs> <laughs> and I really want that okay. slap as I'll it hits me. I'll tell you what, 24-hour show, that's what we're going to be practicing. You're going to shoot me in the face with a bit of rolled ham. in the face with some rolled ham. But we'll have to I do am, it off camera. I am, no, I'm, no, I can be on camera, but the rifle can be off you camera. You can be on it? camera, yeah. Yeah, I want all of it. <laughs> I want beef, bit of topside, and we, and, we, and we can and we can grade the meat. <laughs> okay. Of its effectiveness and range and taste. Well, it's good to know that we're back on form as as normal. So. Classic <laughs> science. Uh, if we've missed anything out, then feel free to throw it in the comments. Uh, we must have done. <laughs> we, we probably have, but I'd be interested to see if anybody else has any sort of thoughts on. Uh, yeah, Stephen says next up, Lance pays a visit to AE. Hello, everyone again. <laughs> Hi, Lance. Hi, Hi Mike. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? I've got a ham in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no fingers. Um, I have no fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you if you've got any sort of thoughts on non-riff kills that um, that you can sort of think that we've missed, then please feel free to throw them in the chat. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show at all, you can do so on our email of nofochat at hotmail.com. Our Instagram is at November underscore foxtrot underscore nofo, and the website is novemberfoxtrot.co.uk. You can also oh, sorry, I keep giggling about that. Ham. Okay. You can also get in touch on our own Instagrams about nine volt airsoft at the underscore punish underscore one underscore and at is his call sign on call sign quartermaster? I think there's an. He's on the. Sh- he's on. He's on. He's in. Oh, is he there? PAK induced injury. Remember to take kisses. Yeah, Andy will be joining us next week. Um, hopefully, his plane will have landed and he's got back in time. Um, yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about winter kit next week, so we're going to be talking all about the preppings for your winterings, my friendings. Yes. All the yes. bits and pieces that you'll probably need to consider if you're doing a winter event. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hasn't been that bloody long. Oh, yeah, I love you're reassuring. Hopefully, his plane has landed. What do you think? He's going to be like that. Um, oh, manifest. Have you watched right. any of that? That's a weird <laughs> show, manifest, man. Watch that. Yeah, you've been. You've landed five years later. Oh, fucking what? Crazy. Yeah, worth a watch. Though. Very good show. Um, mm. just run through the last comments. Paulus Wales. Remember when blank firing grenades first entered airsoft in two thousand three? Ish was unpopular at first as it made it feel paper kill rather than skill based. I mean, I think that's the general problem with Pyro as a whole. But then you could argue that, you know, a lot of airsoft rifts and things like that as well. Obviously, the more money that you... It, it doesn't necessarily work this way, but the more money that you invest into your rift to get it, you know, tuned up and teched, you're going to get much more better performance out of it. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Lance? I don't know. I think apparently being ham-fisted is worse than being shot in the face with wafer ham. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Okay. Um, Stephen says, don't inhale the yellow smoke. Um, nope. Obviously. Rach says, there are no data sheets for tag products, so a lot of sites are now banning them, apparently. Mm. Well, there will be data sheets for ham after yeah. after the December 24-hour show. So there we go. Which we are doing, which is coming up quick. Yes. First, yes. Uh, second and third of December. 
second and third of December, Not 24 hours December, that's of us. GMT, because uh, we are anticipating having a wider audience at that point from around the world. Absolutely. Uh, so if you have, if you are a, a listener of the show, we, we obviously have a lot of podcast listeners that listen back after the show goes out, then, then please feel free to drop in. It's going to be Saturday and Sunday GMT. However, that works with the various time zones across the world. Yep. I am terrible at geography, so I don't, I don't really know. Zero nine hundred hours in the morning of the Saturday of the second until zero nine hundred hours of the morning GMT. of the Sunday. <laughs> yes, it's UK time. Yeah. <laughs> we have listeners the U- all over the world. There's in the UK, when in when that show starts, it will be nine o'clock America. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, all the Canada- Canadons in Washington, all that. Want you listening in? <laughs> you know who you are. Um, Andy says, did you guys touch on the bang bang rule? We did. That was did. the first one we were talking about. Uh, Kenny yep. says, will it be pre-recorded? It will not be. The 24-hour show will not be. Will be live. We will genuinely be there for 24 hours, mate. God yes. fucking help us. Yes. Or me, should I say. Um, if you have any ideas for the live show as well, get in touch with Andy. He's doing all the planning work at the moment for that. Yep, um, yep, yep. Doing a sterling job, so... Although, although he's not, I don't know if he's, was he listening when we were talking about shooting me in the face with ham? Maybe not. We'll come back to that one. We'll keep Personal. that one as a little surprise. That's a, that's a, that's a good three hours we got there. Yeah. Hey, Andy, Another we've got segment. this little segment we want to do. Woo, woo, woo. Will, will it Moscart? <laughs> lots of touching. Absolutely lots of touching. Yeah. There's cook. There's, it's going to be great. There's going to be cooking going on. Got a, lot of, a lot of interesting stuff. Highbrow, a lot of highbrow conversation. Many guests. Lots of fun, and it's all for charity sport, and you've got to do it for charity. Mm. For Jigsaw, which is a lovely organisation who raise money for children who have who are orphans or have lost their parents, whose parents have sadly passed away, and it pays for them to have nice weekends away and uh, fun days out. So all the money that we raise in the show will be going to Jigsaw, the charity Jigsaw, So, which we will be setting up a link thing on our website for people to... Uh, we will, so there will be... Money uh, into. It will be done through Just Giving. Just giving, yeah. So we will have a, a live update on there. It just means that we don't have to handle any of the money. It goes straight to the charity. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing comes to us at all. Any of the money that we're raising with the uh, the event itself. So we've got some paid adverts that we are selling uh, yep. to a couple of our um, sort of trusted <laughs> providers that we know, sort of sort of friends of the show and the like that we we sort of feel might be interested in doing that. We've got some. Um, it's probably the only show we'll ever do that has adverts on it, but the mm-hmm. payment for the adverts is going straight to the charity. So we're not taking any money from that. We just thought it was a good no. opportunity to sort of try and get a little bit more money in the pot. Um, so that's the plan for that. And hopefully there'll be entertaining adverts. Um, Absolutely. Good fun. Good so bit of fun. Good and I will be fully erecting my cot bed. Um, so if you'd like to donate to that, that's going to be on a separate uh, GoFundMe thing. Um, and all that money, is gonna, that, that money is going to come directly to me. <laughs> Um, because it's something I've achieved and I believe I should be paid for it so <laughs> no absolutely not but I am going to set that bloody bed up I've tried it once in the garage and it pissed me off so I've packed it away and it's there um, but I will I will bring it along and I suppose I'll give it another go or I might just buy yeah. a newer one that actually goes or you together could adapt that one and put some retention straps on it fuck you Mike how's that sound <laughs> you like that yeah <laughs> like good. that shit um <laughs> Just lastly, obviously, it's um, I don't Remembrance like Sunday on the 12th. Um, it is, yeah, so absolutely. It's, Sunday, it's Remembrance Sunday. Um, Have your poppies so at the ready. if that's something that you would like to support, then please feel free to go and support that. Uh, obviously, poppies and things are for sale from the British Legion um, that you can donate to now. So, Absolutely, yeah. very, very important. Cool. 
lastly, Lance, would you like the uh, closing words? Oh, the closing words. Yes, I would. Um, fail to prepare and prepare to fail. Good, go. nice. Mm -hmm. I was sort Good. of keying us up for next week with the whole winter prep stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Does it? Doesn't oh, sound as sorry, cool. We have to explain it. There's one other thing I forgot to mention. That was your idea, actually. Um, if Ooh, you are Remy. a supporter to the show on Buy Me a Coffee, um, please check your emails. Uh, we're going to be requesting a little bit of information. Uh, we are planning a little Christmas thank you for you. Um, it's not massive because we don't have a big budget or anything like that. But please check your emails because we we just need some information from you so that we can send you something. That'd be grand. Right. I, I quite like Drew, Drew's closing words in the dark. In the dark You're mine, mind, mate. mate. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll see you next week, eight o'clock, back on Wednesday, full contingent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another exciting nofo. Highbrow podcasting. <laughs> see you next week. Say it then. <laughs> you even said it. You've forgotten. Oh, say goodbye, Lance. Goodbye, Lance. <laughs> Fuck's sake. See you later. Now, Bella, stay no foe and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Literally had one bloody button to press. Andrea!